Good morning, everyone. Let's pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, my God, my rock, my redeemer. Amen. So, during the uh, season of Advent, uh, we are looking at the Church of England's theme, which is following the star. Following the star, if you've seen those lovely leaflets that we're giving out, it's got that written on them. Um, And for me, that's the idea of journeying closer to Jesus, journeying closer, getting to know him more. And one of the ways that we can journey closer to Jesus, uh, get to know him more, is by understanding what he's called. And so as we're introduced to Jesus by this angel speaking to Joseph, we're told to, to call him Emmanuel which in biblical times, names had a, had a lot more meaning than they do now, perhaps. Um, now, nowadays, we probably don't know the meaning of each other's names so much, but we're told that Emmanuel means God with us. That is what Jesus is known for. I, uh, I spend a lot of time in my life, and my working life, talking with young people, um, and they're often at a crucial stage in their life where they're asking this question, what do I want to be known for? What is my identity? How do people know me? How do they picture me? Um, And identity is a huge subject for young people in all sorts of different ways, healthy ways, uh, confusing ways, um, all sorts of ways. Perhaps one of the ways we might uh, immediately think of how we know someone is their visual appearance, how we picture them in our heads. If you ever played the game Guess Who, where you have your opponent has this uh, array of uh, people and their pictures of all these various people with different appearances, and you have to say, um, does your person have grey hair? Does your person wear glasses? Oh, they're from Southport. Um, does your person have, uh, have brown hair or the amount of a woman? Um, uh, and you've got to guess who it is by their visual appearance. Or you might picture someone in your head, you might know them by uh, an experience you've had off them, how you remember them, something about their personality. I mean, we're we're told um, by Jesus in John 7 that uh, we shouldn't judge people on their outward appearance. Or in 1 Samuel um, chapter 16, people look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. And so we might base our knowledge of someone on a time that we've met them, an experience we've had with them that sticks in our mind. That might be how, what, that might be what we use to form our idea, our idea of their identity in our heads. Some of us might know quite a lot of people. Um, by nature of the work I do as a youth worker in schools, I, I know a lot of people, and I'm, I'm known by a lot of people. Um, And some of those relationships are meaningful, week-by-week conversations that we have um, as young people are journeying um, through some of the big issues of life and faith. Uh, And some of those conversations aren't quite as deep. Um, In the work of our charity, we work with 6,000-plus young people every year. 
Um, shameless plug, that's Southport and Area Schools Worker Trust, um, by the way, uh, who are uh, creating safe spaces to explore the big issues of life and faith around Southport in primary and secondary schools, uh, very much in need of your prayers and support, including financial support. Um, there's leaflets in the welcome area, as always. Um, you're very welcome to uh, find out about the crazy demands that we are meeting at the moment. But of the 6,000 plus uh, young people that we meet with and work with every year. Some of those times where we meet them may be quite occasional. It might be an assembly in primary school. It might be a, a Christmas show or something like that. Um, and then we see them a few years later and they're like, I remember you. You're the Christmas guy. Or I remember you. You're that secret agent woman from Mission Impossible. Or I remember you from that assembly. Or we might meet young people in town, quite a lot, um, and they might stop us and be like, it's the safe space guys, or it's the lollipop people, something I'm not particularly fond of, um, or it's, it's the Jesus guy or the Bible guy, which sounds kind of corny, but actually when you think about it, it's, it's giving God glory, that's pretty great. Um, but yeah, uh, people have different experiences of us. And that's how they remember us. That's how they picture us in their minds. That's how they know us. That's the identity that they give us. We might be known by our family a certain way. We might be known differently by our friends a certain way. We might be known differently by friends that we grew up with to how we're known by friends that we have now. All how people picture us. And so the question is, what do you want to be known for? What do you want to be known for? What do you want your identity to be? And I think the, the best way to start is to actually ask Jesus that question. Jesus, what do you want to be known for? Emmanuel. They will call him Emmanuel. God with us. That is what Jesus wants to be known by. To unpack that a little bit, we've got a video to watch, uh, which is a bit of a, a spoken word, um, all about the idea of how we uh, know God, how we picture him. They say there's a big man who lives far away, supposedly jolly, but it's hard to say, I've never seen him and neither have you. But the children believe, and I suppose that'll do. He's known as a loner with many a quirk, no time for a chat, he's embroiled in his work. He keeps to himself for most of the year. I reckon we're grateful he doesn't appear. We send him requests for particular needs, but we never hear back, who knows if he heeds. We try to be good, give his arm a twist, to merit our place on his blessed little list. And maybe one day, if we do what we should, he'll give us our things just so long as we're good. I've had it to hear. I'm calling his bluff. He's a weird, moralistic dispenser of stuff. Granted, this rant is a strange one to pick, but listen, I'm not really after St. Nick. As strange as he is and Santa is odd, I'm really addressing most folks' view of God. It's God who we see as some distant big guy, some ancient invisible St. Nick in the sky. He sees you asleep, he knows when you wake, he's watching and waiting to spot your mistake. And just like with Santa, requests we hand in. We want all his things, but we don't want him. That's our connection with old Father Christmas. We might dress it up, it's essentially business. Throughout the year, good behavior's our onus. When Christmas rolls around, we're expecting our bonus. Just leave us our gifts, Nick, we've been good enough. And then please push on, now we've got all your stuff. I mean, Santa is interesting, curious, quirky. 
but nobody wants him to share their turkey. I'm sure his ho-ho-hos are sublime, but I fear what he'll say once he's drunk our mulled wine. That's old St. Nick, but the picture rings true. It's how we imagine what God is like too. But Christmas resounds with a stunning not so. The one from on high was born down below. To a world in need, he did not send another. God the Son became God our brother. He drew alongside forever to dwell. Our God in the flesh, Emmanuel. This God in the manger upends all our notions. A heavenly stooping, divine demotion. Born in a stable, wriggling on straw, fully committed to life in the raw. Santa gives things and then goes away. Jesus shows up to befriend and to stay. Santa rewards those for good behavior. Jesus draws near to the broken as savior. If you don't like God, I think I know why. You probably think he's St. Nick in the sky. You're right to reject that faraway stranger. This Christmas, look down to the God in the manger. God with us. Um, I'm, I'm a bit of a techie sort of person. Um, and so something that amazes me is how readily and instantly we can communicate with people on the other side of the world these days. Like most people, um, I, have, I have some friends and family in different places around the world, and just as a, as a message in social media or a video call or anything like that, just instantly we can communicate with them. When I compare that to my mum uh, 40 years ago, uh, 40 years ago when my mum was my age, she, was, uh, she spent 10 years as a missionary in Zambia. And for those 10 years, she, whenever she wanted to communicate back home uh, in Northern Ireland, she would have to write a letter to them. And in her letter, she would write a message which they wouldn't receive for two, three weeks maybe. And then the reply that she would get back would take another two or three weeks. It was this distant communication that took, seemed to take forever compared to what we are so blessed with now. And I wonder, when we think of prayer, when we think about communication with God, what's it like in our heads? Is it an instantaneous, yes, God is here? Or do we fall into that trap sometimes of thinking that God is some distant being far away? In the words of an eight-year-old, um, I am looking for uh, God because I want him in my life. I don't know where he is, but he might be on a cloud. Uh, it's not a new idea either, this, this idea of God being distant to us. Um, Epicurus was a Greek philosopher around 300 BC, um, and he, he had this whole philosophy around uh, God being a detached, immobile being that has no presence, no, uh, no role in our world today. And it's something that uh, Epicureanism is something that's kind of featured quite a lot. Um, it came back in time in, around the Enlightenment sort of season uh, in history. Um, and it even shapes some theologies uh, that people have within the church uh, even today. 
People outside, and often us ourselves, assume that when we're worshipping and praying, we're doing business with a God who is a long, long way away. And it's silly or superstitious to believe that he would get involved in our stuff down here. But yet, in Matthew's Gospel, the angel says, The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son. And they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. That is what God wants to be known for. That is the name God wants his son Jesus to be, to be given, Emmanuel. I find that absolutely mind-boggling, that God wants to be known for being with us. God wants to be known for being with you. God wants to be known for being with me. I find that phenomenal. The idea that God's desire is to be with us, so much so that he wants to be known for that. He wants that to be his name. Maybe some of us need that reminder. Perhaps we've kind of kidded ourselves into thinking that's too good to be true, or maybe it's a poor use of God's time to hang out with us. But no, God takes on human form to be born into this world and as a human do loads of incredible things to make sure that he can always be with us. That's the name. He wants to be called. The almighty creator of heaven and earth wants to be known for being here with us. For being present in our lives. For being a living presence right here, right now. In this moment. He's here. He doesn't want to be known as uh, some distant being or idea not known as being some unforgiving bloke sat up in the sky uh, making a, a list of naughty or nice things. Prayer isn't a letter that takes weeks to arrive. It is instant communication with a God who is right here, right now. Psalm 145 says, The Lord is near to all who call on him to all who call on him in truth. And so why? Why does God want to be known as Emmanuel? Why does God want to be known for being with us? I mean, why, why do you want to be known for being around certain people? Like, maybe it's people that you uh, aspire to be like. Maybe it's people that you admire and you're like, I want to be with them. I want to hang around with them. Maybe it's people that make you feel good. Maybe people uh, make you laugh. Maybe people are caring and safe and you want to spend time in their presence. Maybe it's people you want to learn from. Maybe it's people that you look up to. Maybe it's people like your childhood heroes. One of my childhood heroes I was very proud to have spent some time with. This is Dave Benson Phillips from the CBB show, CBBC show, Get Your Own Back. Anyone who's had a kid, who's grown up in the 90s or was one, will remember Dave Benson Phillips 
from the show Get Your Own Back. He would welcome kids onto the TV show and they would, they would come along and they would bring a parent or a teacher or some sort of grown-up that they wanted to get their own back on and they would sit at the top of this ramp. And at the top of their ramp, they would look down at a pool of gunge. And then they would get asked loads of questions about the, the child that was on the show. And if they got a question wrong, they went down a notch. And if they got another question wrong, they would go down another notch. And then they got to the point where it was time. They'd got all their questions wrong. It was time to get gunged. And Dave Benson Phillips would be like, get your own back. And they would be gunged. Loved it, loved it. So many childhood memories spent watching that show. And a year before Hetty and I got married, um, we happened to be at Edinburgh Fringe Festival and we bumped into Dave Benson Phillips. And we were amazed. It's like, oh, we love this guy. This is great. And we wanted to tell the whole world. And so we, uh, we took a picture with him. We put it on social media. We wanted to really show off that we now know Dave Benson Phillips. Um, and we, we actually we invited him to our wedding. He didn't come. Um, we, we tried to pay him to come. Still didn't want to come. Um, but, but, you know, we were so happy that we'd met Dave Benson Phillips. Um, in fact, this, this photo is a photo of a photo because this is actually, we have in our, in our dining room, we have this like uh, photo frame thing of photos of people that we love, um, people who are close to us, our family members and close friends. And right in the middle is our picture of us with Dave Benson Phillips. It's right in the centre, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, we, we are proud to, to know Dave Benson Phillips. Hmm, maybe that's a bit shallow. Um, but the idea of celebrity culture is quite shallow, isn't it? Um, the idea of name-dropping people, of being proud to know certain people. We want to be known for knowing someone. But that's what this whole Emmanuel thing is about. God wants to be known for knowing you. God wants to be known for being with you. And so why? Why does he want to be known for that? Is it because we're somehow great celebrities who are gunging people on TV? No, I don't think it's anything like that. It's because he created us. It's because he loves us too much to leave us, that he wants to be with us. It's so important that we remember that Jesus isn't Emmanuel, God with us, because of our own perfection or holiness. It's because of the grace of God. If we assume we can earn our way into God's presence, if we assume that we need to be good enough, then we need a reality check. We aren't going to live up to that standard. We aren't going to impress. God wants to be with us, despite knowing our limitations, and has made provisions for that through his death on the cross. Chris read from uh, 1 John. He said, this is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. If God loves us so much, why couldn't he have just made us perfect anyway so we could always have been with him? 
He could skip the free will stuff and our tendency to be naughty. Then he could just have put us on the right side of the naughty and nice list and it could all be sorted. But actually, he's not Santa. We love because he first loved us. He wants us to be able to make that choice to love him back. He wants to give us that choice, give us that free will, give us that ability to express our love. And we don't always make good choices. But does that put us on the naughty list? Does that stop God wanting to be with us? Does our bad choices, do our bad choices make God want to change his name? God is still Emmanuel. This is what God wants to be known for. And if we come back to his grace, we remember he's gone to some incredible lengths for this to be so. He wanted to be known for being with us so much because of his love for us. He stooped down to our level. God became flesh. He took to the cross for our sinfulness. He rose again victorious. Emmanuel, alive and with us again. And now he's still with us by the work of the Holy Spirit. Still present. Still close. Still at work. Still instantly available. He wants to be known for being present with us. Right now, today, here, in this moment. I know there's many, many testimonies in this room of what God has done when he's been present. Many testimonies of when people have felt God's presence so close. Stories in my life and your lives of times of healing, both emotional healings, physical healings, miracles, of hearing God's voice of deep emotional experiences of encounter with God's Holy Spirit. And I believe that God wants to remind us that he is with us. That is, that is a normal thing that we should be expecting when we spend time with him and then are able to display his love for all to see. Don't settle for distance from God. Don't settle for Epicureanism. Respond to his invitation to come close. James writes in chapter 4 of his letter, Come near to God, and he will come near to you. One question, just as we come to a close, that's really hit me in all of this, is the idea that if God went to such incredible lengths to be known for being with us, then what lengths are we willing to go to to be known for being with him? <laughs> Not to look like Pharisees and glorified holy people in our own right, but purely for God's glory, to make him known to others by the way we live and share our faith. If God went to such incredible lengths to be known for being with us, then what lengths are we willing to go to to be known for being with him.
Are we prepared to suffer? Are we prepared to be embarrassed? Are we prepared to go through all sorts of difficult decisions in order to be known for being with God? And so what fresh ways can you find time to spend with God? What fresh ways can you find to acknowledge God's presence in your life? Maybe in a moment when we have communion, that idea of having communion with God, it could be a time where you ask God to reveal himself to you afresh. Maybe it's in prayer, just simply rediscovering the power of prayer in your life. There's a few of us uh, are really believing that that's going to be a a big focus for us in this next coming year here at Christchurch. The idea of connecting with God, experiencing his presence and his purpose, coming near to him as he comes near to us. I'm thinking about Wednesday night and the prayer ministry course. There's a saying in church culture that, uh, for the last couple of decades at least, that if you want to organise an event that no one's going to show up to, call it a prayer meeting. Um, Because no one turns up. Um, But it's not always been that way. Angie, one of our wardens, was sharing with a few of us earlier in the week about a time that she remembers where, where those church prayer meetings were like the top priority of the things that people would turn up to, fully expecting to meet an encounter with God to know his purpose in their lives. If God went to such incredible lengths to be known for being with us, then surely we can prioritise gathering together to pray, laying hands on one another and praying for each other to receive the Holy Spirit. We've got our prayer ministry training. Really encourage you, wherever you're at, to get along to that, to learn that powerful act of ministering to one another in prayer. Such a wonderful thing to be able to do. What can you do, not just in those powerful moments, um, but what can you do in your everyday life that acknowledges God with you in any given moment? What about the tough times where you really need that reminder that God's there? What could you do, what could you put in place to help you remember that? And what can you do to show others that God is with us? If God has gone to such incredible lengths to be known for being with us, then what incredible lengths can we go to to show the world that God is still with us, God is still active, God is still at work in our present day? Not just 2,000 years ago. Not even 50 years ago or 100 or 200 years ago, as some churches might make the world think sometimes. But God is present and active and at work right now in our lives. Verse 12 in John's letter says, No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. We have a choice. We have a choice to know God is with us. That's what he wants to be known by. To choose love. Because we love. Because he first loved us. That is Emmanuel. Emmanuel.